Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, going green doesn't really have to be all that complicated or expensive. We have simple everyday things you can do that will reduce your environmental footprint and even save some money for Earth Day. Also this morning, as our outdoor spaces naturally green up in the spring, there are also ways to add to your home's curb appeal with an eye toward conservation and protecting the environment. We have some advice. And another collection of tasty and easy to make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, April 22nd, 2022. In addition to this being Earth Day, which is the uh, top thing, I think, uh, today, it is also In God We Trust Day. It was on this day in 1864 that Congress issued a mandate calling for all coins minted in the U.S. to bear the inscription, In God We Trust. Dates all the way back to 1864, still is true today. It is April Showers Day which is kind of ironic because we're, I don't think, going to have any showers today, right? It's going to be, it's going to be pretty dry, pretty much uh, dry. Yeah, it just says like a 15% chance of rain. Some clouds, but uh, no rain. It's April Showers Day, beautiful weekend ahead, so we don't have to uh, worry really about that at all. Uh, Girl Scout Leader Day, and, well, I stand corrected. We mentioned that uh, I said Earth Day is the most important or significant observance today i was wrong today is national jelly bean day so that is uh obviously trumps everything else <laughs> jelly bean day so the uh, big news yesterday did you hear about this cnn plus is shutting down the new cnn streaming service launched less than a month ago and it's already shutting down uh, at the end of april the uh, move comes after CNN was just taken over by a new corporate parent, Warner Brothers Discovery, and they made it clear from the very beginning that they had no interest in the CNN Plus streaming service. They didn't think it was a good idea to begin with. And uh, the former owners of the company went ahead and launched it anyway. This is what's really interesting about this. Um, it had only attracted about 150,000 subscribers, so not uh, a huge subscriber base, at least in the early going, but it's only been active for like three weeks. So who knows how many subscribers it could have attracted ultimately. But the fascinating part of the story is all of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. So the outgoing head of CNN and the former owners they were preparing to launch this and signing up some major talent, including Fox News' Chris Wallace, luring Chris Wallace away from uh, Fox News, Casey Hunt away from uh, NBC. And so they had signed up some pretty heavy hitters uh, to be a part of this venture. But through it all, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery was buying, was in the process of buying CNN made it clear that they had no interest and they didn't think that it was a good idea uh, to launch the streaming service. But the former owners did it anyway and then handed over the company to uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and gave them something they didn't want to begin with. So 
the incoming chief executive of CNN, Chris Licht, said in a memo to employees that Thurs, uh, this was yesterday, that April 30th would be the final day. Viewers, uh, he believes, want simplicity and an all-in service, not standalone options, which is kind of interesting because, of course, Discovery has its own streaming service, and um, and there's talk of rolling all of the content into one service, one app, uh, uh, all under one umbrella. So CNN Plus may not necessarily be dead, uh, but it could be coming back in a reimagined form on down the line. It'd be very uh, interesting. Here's the, uh, and I did not know this until I was reading the story about CNN Plus shutting down less than a month after launching. One of the big problems with CNN or CNN Plus is that the contract that CNN has with cable operators and satellite systems uh, for their main television channel, one of the provisions is that they could not provide live breaking news coverage on their streaming platform. So here you had CNN Plus, and you couldn't show live breaking news on the streaming platform because of the contractual office. So that clearly was going to be a problem uh, with the uh, with the service. So um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what they do with all of those high profile, like Chris Wallace. I mean, he left Fox News to help launch this new service, and now this new service is shutting down. Is he going to be out of a job? No, they'll absorb uh chris wallace and others uh, into regular cnn programming i'm sure but what what happens next uh, is anyone's guess a really interesting uh, development in the world of media uh, news and entertainment yesterday this i thought was kind of interesting talking about the uh, first things you need to know this morning the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day a bill passed by tennessee's state legislature would require convicted drunk drivers who kill the parent of a minor child to pay child support until those children turn 18 and have graduated high school. So if you're convicted of drunk driving in which someone died and that someone was a parent of one or more children, you would then be on the hook for child support until they turn 18. The court, it said here, by the law, the court will determine the amount of support on a case-by-case basis, depending on the circumstances of the children and their surviving guardians. If a convicted drunk driver is unable to pay child support because they're in jail for a time, then they will have one year after their release to begin making payments. And by the way, this measure passed the Tennessee State Legislature unanimously. Both houses voted unanimously to pass. I think that's an interesting idea. It certainly would serve as a deterrent. Although one could argue, is it more of a deterrent than what we already have? Probably. I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that's really interesting. It'll be interesting to see if other states follow suit. You kill someone when you're driving drunk, you got to pay child support to support those uh, orphaned children until they make it to adulthood. Wow, that's 
Uh, here is big news. Cases of sexually transmitted diseases hit record highs across the U.S. during the first year of the pandemic. <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, says uh, in their annual surveillance report for 2020, cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis dropped slightly to 2.4 million in the first year of the pandemic. But officials say this is likely due to a, tro- to a drop in in STD testing, not an actual drop in cases. In fact, they suggest quite the opposite, record highs. The uh, data shows that Mississippi is the top uh, state for cases of chlamydia, uh, also the top uh, state for cases of gonorrhea. Nevada took the top spot for syphilis, um, and Mississippi took second. As for the least infected state vermont uh, on all three std categories the state epidemiologist of mississippi dr paul byers says high rates in mississippi are impacted by a number of factors including social determinants of health and inadequate access to care negative impacts on health in communities with high social vulnerability lack of health care coverage and uh uh, all of this may contribute to a delay in seeking care, increases in drug use, and social stigmatization of being diagnosed with an STD. Some increases may certainly have been due to the interruption in routine health care over the last two years. Interesting. Uh, by the way, you can tune into Hulu again now in case you didn't hear about this. Uh, the streaming giant was hit with a widespread outage for about two hours last night. Apparently some sort of technical issue. Uh, It wasn't a hack, at least not according to all of the information that we are being given by the streaming platform as of right now. Now, maybe they're just trying to, you know, put a good spin on it, not admit that they were hacked, but it just said a technical issue. Tens of thousands of Hulu users complained that they couldn't stream video or access the app. Most of the reports came out of New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. So I don't know if it was only in those cities and those areas where the outage was or whether it was nationwide. But Hulu apologized and thanked everyone for their patience. Uh, Hulu has about 45 million subscribers. So... <laughs> Couldn't watch your Hulu for a couple hours last night. Oh, the horrors. First world problems right there. That's it. By the way, speaking of uh, streaming, this is kind of interesting, movies and all of this. There was a, a thread on the online bulletin board site to Reddit yesterday, which asked the question, what is your number one comfort movie that you can never get sick of rewatching? The one that if you've had a bad day, if you need a little pick-me-up, you always go back to this movie, your comfort film, if you will, to make you feel better, uh, give you the kind of the warm fuzzies or, you know, a little, it's kind of like your uh, security blanket uh, in celluloid form. So they got a lot of uh, responses to this, and I thought some of the answers were rather interesting. Uh, Airplane was among the Uh, top comfort films that were cited. The Harry Potter movies. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. uh, Which is a sweet film. Tangled. uh, The uh, Disney take on uh, the Rapunzel story. Uh, 
uh, was one of those uh, comfort movies that people uh, cited. Ever After, which is a, a Cinderella story with um, Drew Barrymore in the lead role. It kind of uh, switches the Cinderella. It is a really sweet film. If you've ever seen Ever After, it's a sweet film. It uh, kind of flips the roles uh, a little bit, makes Cinderella a very strong female character instead of someone who needs the prince to save her. Um, she's uh, much more independent, uh, headstrong, and yeah, it's really interesting. It's a uh, it's a cute retelling of the Cinderella story. Uh, Galaxy Quest, Garden Guardians of the Galaxy, Ten Things I Hate About You, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Princess Bride, which that's the very definition I think of a comfort film. Uh, Shrek, Forrest Gump, Legally Blonde, and uh, the one real classic on the list. Again, the question, what's your favorite comfort movie that you can never get sick of rewatching? Casablanca was right up there. And that, again, one of those, you can never go wrong with a classic. So if you had a bad day and you need to unwind, uh, relax, and uh, lose yourself in a good movie, those are some of the best ones uh, there, according to uh, folks on Reddit. So something to, uh, if you've had a rough week, you get off work, you go home, (laughs) <laughs> Friday evening need to plop down in front of the TV there are some uh, movie ideas for you there you go some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started <laughs> WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly cloudy today with a high of 66, partly cloudy tonight with a low 55, then highs in the 80s expected for the weekend. A charity hockey game will be played to honor the life and sacrifice of Bluffton police officer Dominic Francis, who was killed in the line of duty last month. On Friday, May 6th at the Cube Ice Arena in Findlay, the Wood County Warthogs will take on the Toledo Police Hockey Team in the Officer Dominic Francis Memorial Classic. The event is being put on by the Hockey Helping Heroes Initiative of the First Responder Faceoff Foundation. Seating and tickets will be general admission with a donation at the door. Proceeds from the game will benefit the family of Officer Dominic Francis. If you can't make it to the game, you can also donate on the Fort Finley FOP website. We have a link to that on our website. The grand reopening celebration for the Miracle League of Findlay Field and Playground will be held this weekend. Brad Collar, president of the board of the Miracle League, is really excited about the upgrades. We've put in a new zip line, bleacher, shade, benches and landscaping around the entire facility. Collar says there will be a ribbon cutting, food, and fun for the entire family beginning at 11 a.m. Saturday. Get more on the grand reopening on our website. A federal court is giving the Ohio Redistricting Commission a deadline to come up with a new state legislative map plan, or it will impose a previous map that was already ruled unconstitutional. In a ruling, the court gives the commission until May 28th to come up with a new set of maps. If that fails, the court says the third set of maps, which were struck down by the Ohio Supreme Court, would be implemented. That would allow for a second primary to be held on August 2nd. The current primary will be May 3rd, but won't have any state senator or state house races on it. ONN's Andrew Kinsey reporting. See what local issues and candidates are on the ballot in the May 3rd primary on our website. And the Ohio Department of Natural Resources Division of Wildlife has announced the dates for the 2022-23 deer hunting season. Get more on Ohio's hunting seasons on our website. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
So, of course, many of our everyday activities, the things that we do each and every day just as a matter without even thinking about it, can either help or hurt the planet. So we have a choice to make. Uh, On this Earth Day, we are joined by the author of The Mom's Guide to Growing Your Family Green, Tara Wellington, on the line with us with some easy tips to help keep our planet healthy and happy. Tara, what is the theme for this year's Earth Day? Uh, Yeah, so great to be here. I'm teaming up with a few brands, and uh, the theme is Invest in Our Planet. So it's really about businesses and citizens and uh, the communities and the government working together to support a greener world and conserve wild places. And one simple thing that you can do is plant more trees in your own neighborhood. Uh, Trees help capture carbon dioxide, lower temperatures, and filter pollutants. Um, Also now, if you're traveling this summer, another tip is to visit a national park because when you're in nature, uh, you appreciate it and you're more likely to preserve it. So if you're looking for a place to stay, uh, you can uh, go to Travel Lodge by Wyndham Hotels because more than 75% of the hotels are less than an hour's drive from a national park. It's a great base camp for your next adventure. And the hotels are a longtime supporter of the National Parks Conservation Association and have an ongoing commitment to help preserve the nation parks along with other sustainability initiatives. This month, they have a great deal, 20% off two nights or more because of Earth Day. Uh, Travelodge.com has all the details. We were just talking the other day about how the uh, national parks are a great family getaway. And of course, the one uh, thing that we say when you visit the national parks, uh, take only pictures and leave only footprints. So just something to keep in mind with the uh, whole Earth Day thing in the parks. Um, It says here about, and and this is something that people have probably heard before this statistic, about one third of greenhouse gas emissions come from the global food supply chain. So again, here as we're talking about uh, everyday activities, things that we do without even thinking can either help or hurt the planet. What can be done to make greener food choices? Meatless Mondays is a great initiative. That means that you're not eating meat on Mondays. Um, This can add more to your healthy plant-based diet. And by reducing meat, you help to reduce greenhouse gases that impact climate change. So you can also choose products that follow climate-friendly practices and techniques for uh, growing the ingredients. So the example here is Airly Foods. Um, It's the first ever climate-friendly snack that helps remove greenhouse gases from the air in every bite. Um, this, how they do it is through innovative farming practices. Each box, when you look on the back, it will tell you just how much CO2 is removed from the air, and they have four tasty sweet and salty varieties, cheddar, sea salt, uh, chocolate, and salted caramel. And while we're on the topic of things, simple things that we can do around the house uh, where we can maybe uh, give some more uh, deliberate thought to some of our everyday activities, what are some of the ways in which we can be more eco-friendly in our everyday lives around the house? Sure. So you have your energy-saving tips like ceiling fans. Uh, Put a ceiling fan in your home for the summer. It can help you to use less air conditioning and less electricity. LED light bulbs are now um, widely available. Mm -hmm. They're a great way to immediately reduce your energy usage. They can also last up to 25 times longer than other light bulbs. And then simply turn off the lights when you're not in the room and unplug those devices when they're not in use. 
some of the easiest things that will not only help the planet, but also save us money uh, in the long run, too. So that's a win-win. And, of course, with summer around the corner, uh, you've got a few simple things we can do to reduce our carbon footprint during the warmer months uh, when it becomes uh, a little bit more difficult to do that. Yeah, so uh, go biking when you can uh, because you don't have to fill up your car with gas mm-hmm. for that. Um, it's great exercise. It helps the planet by reducing air pollution. Again, saving um, money too have- <laughs> with the price of gas saving these days. Saving money, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> um, and certainly, you know, uh, use a, a reusable water bottle. Keep that on hand. This cuts down on the need to manufacture so much plastic. And enjoy your local farmer's market because you get the seasonal food, you support the uh, local growers, and then oftentimes that food is not transported such long distances. So you can reduce the distance between the farm and your plate that way. Again, all easy ways that we can be a little bit more conscious uh, about our uh, eco footprint for this Earth Day. Again, Tara Wellington is the author of the Mom's Guide to Growing Your Family Green. Where do we get more information, more tips and advice? Uh, you can go to simplemomsguide.com. I have links to everything that I've talked about, as well as a link to uh, this coming week if you want to go do a cleanup, let's say. Um, there's a lot of cleanups happening, and I have a link to that. Tara, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, obviously, this is the time of year when people are out sprucing up their lawn and garden, given that the weather is going to be beautiful this weekend for us to do some of that. And on Earth Day, we are joined by licensed landscape contractor, I can talk, licensed landscape contractor Sarah Bendrick, whom you have seen dispensing her advice and expertise on HGTV and the DIY network, share some of the benefits of going green when upping your home's curb appeal. And Sarah, first off, this doesn't have to be hard. I think the the first thing many people mistakenly believe is that going green has to be complicated and costly. You're right. It doesn't have to be hard at all. I think some of the simplest things you can do is just maintain what you have. And oftentimes, it's a misstep. But if you just do the regular maintenance, you can have a beautiful lawn. So whether that's mowing your lawn regularly or cleaning up your garden and adding some fresh plants, especially in spring, like it's the best time. You're going to get such a reward when they start blooming and making your landscape look beautiful. Curb appeal is so important for just you driving up daily and making you smile as you see your yard. And then another thing I like to encourage people to do, especially with all the issues with the supply chain, is to upcycle. So whether that's using things in your garden like logs or pallets or twigs, to make things in your landscape. And let me give you a few examples. I wish you could see what was right next to me right now, but I have these large little, well, they're about 14 inches or so, but they're tree stumps that we hollowed out the center and put annual flowers in. And it really just charms up the space. It's a great addition addition to a patio. We have some pallets that we changed into little farm boxes that are really cute. Hmm. And then we have these crepe myrtle trellis. I don't know if you're familiar with crepe myrtles, but they have beautiful branches. And so we had some branches trimmed and we made a trellis out of it for a vine to grow on. It's easy things to do that really bring some charm to your yard. And a little creativity goes a long way there. Uh, One of the easiest things that I know we we can all do uh, that not only will help protect the environment, but also actually save us money is to 
uh, minimize the amount of water that we use, you have some water saving tips for homeowners who are trying to perfect that curb appeal uh, in their uh, lawn and landscape. Sure. There are a few things that you can do. And if you're starting fresh, you might consider using native plants or climate appropriate plants. And those are plants that are used to growing in your environment or can adapt easily mm-hmm. with, the weather pat- with the weather pattern. And if you have trouble figuring out what plants those might be, you can consult with a local nursery. They're a great resource of information. And then watering at the right time to make sure your plants get a drink, uh, but before the, it gets too hot where it starts evaporating out of the soil. Rain barrels are a great way of capturing water and keeping it on site until you need it. And then smart irrigation systems are great for lawns or gardens in general because they you can wipe, you can hook it up to your Wi-Fi. It won't water when it's raining. It's sensitive to like what's happening with the weather, weather mm. pattern. So that's really kind of a, a great way to save water. Yeah, a uh, high-tech way of uh, helping out the environment and, again, saving us some money on unnecessary uh, water use. There are some other choices that home, uh, homeowners can make uh, to lessen their overall environmental footprint in this way? Using battery-powered tools is a great option for maintaining your landscape and keeping it looking beautiful. I personally use Steel's AK system, which includes like a mower and a chainsaw and trimmers and a blower, and it has an interchangeable battery, so you're able to work from one piece to the other. But I think the biggest important pieces for the environment is that they are quiet. You don't have the noise pollution. They're lightweight, so you don't have the fatigue from carrying around heavy tools. And then they're low maintenance. You don't have any smelly fuels, which is great. I don't know about you guys, but where we're at, gas prices are just through the roof. So oh, yeah. I haven't have gas. Great, right? Yeah, and, and I, I'm I'm with you there in terms of uh, maintenance and storage. If you're only going to use these a few months out of the year, you don't have to worry about the fuel and such gumming up the works and all of that. That's one of the things I love about electric uh, tools. Yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned, they're quiet. You can go out early on a Saturday morning and don't have to worry about waking up your neighbors <laughs> when you're working. In yeah, your the yard. sound travels a lot different with the battery powered tools. It's a lot softer. It's not. Um, it doesn't register in a way that's bothersome. So that, there are a lot of benefits to having yeah. uh, the battery tool. Yeah. Uh, so bottom line it here, you've got uh, you, the basic takeovers uh, or the basic takeaways here for folks, uh, again, who'll be out this weekend uh, working on their uh, lawn and landscape. What are the big takeaways here? I would say maintaining what you have, maybe adding some new plants, especially for spring, and then switching the battery if you're not already in the ballpark of doing that because it's just worth it. And then calling a professional if you need help with figuring out what to do with your landscape, whether that's finding the right plants or um, you know, finding the right things you want to do to your yard. Again, Sarah Bendrick is a licensed landscape contractor. You've seen her on uh, HGTV, the DIY network. And uh, Sarah, where do we get uh, more information, more ideas, ways that we can uh, go green when going and going green in our uh, in our lawn and landscape yeah if you guys would check out diy tips with sarah.com that would be awesome it's sarah without an h some great ideas there sarah thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it thank you so much we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service more or less of hancock county veteran services so how did you spend your Easter? Um, <laughs> at a, a village in England, people were understandably freaked out by this. On Easter Sunday, locals say they spotted a man 
taking a ride uh, on his bicycle naked through the village <laughs> in Derbyshire. Uh, bicycling naked through the village on Easter Sunday. They spotted the man again on Tuesday. Police got a call from one member of the public about the naked cyclist on uh, Tuesday, but an officer in the area failed to track him down. So they don't know <laughs> who he is, why he's bicycling naked. A lot of questions on this story. Police say if he's caught, he could be charged with indecent exposure. On Easter Sunday, of all times. Easter Sunday, what's wrong with you? Speaking of uh, naked guys, back on this side of the pond, Phoenix police say they found a man lying naked in the middle of the road on Wednesday morning uh, after driving his pickup truck into a building at the Pioneer Living History Museum. Uh, museum officials say the driver cut the padlock on the fence, opened the gate, and drove literally drove into the building early Wednesday. No one was injured as the museum was closed at the time, but officials say the building is a total loss. It'll cost more than $300,000 to replace it. Why he did such a thing is a mystery. Why he decided to lie down naked in the middle of the road afterwards, also a mystery. <laughs> it's just weird. And that's why it's part of the broken news. This is kind of, uh, <laughs> this is kind of, have you ever told a little white lie to not get into trouble at work? And then maybe it spiraled out of control. The Tampa airport, a TSA agent, Talita Collier, age 34, made a fake burglary report to avoid the consequences of being late to work. Talita made the fake report after she told a supervisor she was late last month because a man armed with a knife tried to burglarize her parents' vehicle. The uh, sheriff's office said uh, Ms. Collier was on an employee improvement plan for excessive tardiness at work already, and here she was, tardy again, so she had to come up with something. <laughs> but she got more than she bargained for when the uh, employer uh, called the sheriff. Oh, we got to call someone. That's terrible. Uh, when Ms. Coll so then this little white lie started to spiral out of control. When she was asked to produce a copy of the uh, police report, she sent a screenshot to her supervisor that looked similar to a police report. She was then told to provide an actual copy, but authorities say she never did. When uh, detectives, the Polk County Sheriff's Office reviewed the image, they determined it was an obvious fake. Additionally, Ms. Collier's parents told detectives they had no knowledge of a burglary report and their vehicle had not been burglarized. So mom and dad didn't even back her up there. Uh, she not only has lost her job now, she's been arrested for filing a false police report. According to uh, Polk County deputies, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Uh, you just have to wonder why anyone would go to those lengths just to avoid getting into work, uh, getting a reprimand at work for uh, tardiness. But anyway, by the way, uh, so it's the TA TSA agent of all people too. That's the, that's the thing. It's not just any workplace. It's the TSA. 
Speaking of the uh, TSA and airports and planes and all of that, this is a crazy story. Liquor giant Bacardi says that American Airlines has not paid for more than 400 cases of cognac that vanished on a flight between Paris and Los Angeles. (laughs) How does this happen? How do 400 cases of cognac vanish on a flight between Paris and Los Angeles? A lawsuit filed this week says American owes more than $65,000 for the more than 400 cases of brandy. The suit says 24 pallets containing nearly 1,700 cases of cognac were loaded onto the flight last September, but more than six pallets, 420 cases, were not on the plane when it landed. <laughs> how, does, how does this happen? Bacardi says it, it doesn't know if the liquor was lost or stolen or what, but that American Airlines definitely has not paid their bill and they want their money. <laughs> they filed a lawsuit. <laughs> how, does, how, do, how do 400 cases of cognac disappear mid-flight? There's got to be more to this story. So we'll uh, continue to watch that for follow-up reports. And finally, in the broken news this morning... A morgue driver in New Jersey is facing charges for allegedly stealing wallets from his uh, passengers. Kevin Thomas Jr. worked as a driver for a company that transported the dead to a morgue in Milltown, New Jersey. But the county prosecutor says Mr. Thomas, um, while he was transporting them, stole their wallets, credit cards, and other personal possessions as he brought the bodies in. They say he uh, bought himself plane tickets, groceries, movie passes, and more with the uh, stolen credit cards. He is now behind bars, charged with identity and credit card theft and possession of prescription drugs not prescribed to him. (laughs) He's probably wondering, how in the world did I get caught? Where, Where did I go wrong in that plan? Well, they're not using them anymore, so he probably figured... Now, it doesn't work that way. Uh, There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. I'm Tommy Harner, CEO of West Ohio Food Bank. If you shop at a local Walmart or Sam's Club store now through May 15th, you'll be asked to round up your total to help fight hunger. We urge you to round up or pick your own donation amount and be part of the Fight Hunger Spark Change campaign as the extra money collected will go to Feeding America and then be distributed back to us at West Ohio Food Bank. Thank you for being a part of our mission of ending hunger together. This message provided by WFIN. Now your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives this morning. This is kind of a a postscript on the Easter holiday, because we all love Easter candies and all of that, but the type of candy that you prefer may apparently say something about your personality. Uh, If you like sour candy, for example, you probably are an extrovert, a very outgoing person. Uh, That is one Sample takeaway from this uh, survey of 2,000 candy lovers 
which finds a person's preference for certain sweets may say a lot of their a lot about their personality and their lifestyle choices, it says here. In addition to being extroverted, sour candy connoisseurs also identified themselves as more eccentric than average. 59% of sour candy connoisseurs describe themselves as extroverts. 53% say they are eccentric among those who prefer sour candy. Uh, Let's see here. 50% say they are funny. They're the uh, life of the party. 51% of sour candy lovers describe themselves as sarcastic. (laughs) I can believe that. That actually doesn't surprise me. If you like sour candy, you'd be a little sarcastic. That seems like that would go together, the type of person that you would be. Uh, Chocolate lovers, on the other hand, tend to describe themselves as optimistic 76% 76% said that 76% of chocolate lovers said they are optimistic and 67% of chocolate lovers describe themselves as shy. Hmm. And uh, among the, see, these are all different categories and these are the uh, top responses. Uh, fans of mint candies were most likely to say they are thoughtful. 78% of Mint lovers uh, describe themselves as thoughtful. And now my wife Kyra has joined us in the uh, studio. Does that hold true to you for you about the uh, candies mm-hmm. we we're talking about? Yep. Uh, the we had in the uh, daily download the type of candy that you enjoy. Yes. Apparently says something about your personality. So, so are you a So I'm a s- mix of all three. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, you know, I well, I'm not so much a sour candy fan. Oh, I like sour candy. It's, well, you like chewy chewy sprees. They're sour. Are those sour? Yeah. Would you call those sour? Yes, I will okay. call those yeah, sour. Yeah, I like I like my You like chewy, chewy sprees. And I like sweet tarts. Yes, and so you like sweet tarts. Those are Mm-hmm. Those are kind of sour, I yeah. guess you yeah. could call that. But uh, yeah, I, that's the that's the point that I wondered too. Uh, you know, they talked about the personality traits of those who like sour candies and chocolate and mint. Yeah. What if you like them all? Well, yeah. You can't I be. Do. You can't like be everything. <laughs> I like them all. You can't be all things. But uh, anyway, why not? Kind of interesting. <laughs> Thanks to all people. My wife, Kyra, is here. We have more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Some easy uh, and tasty recipes uh, from the uh, files of uh, Kyra's Kitchen. And uh, these are these are great. And I got kind of a little mix here, too. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, these are uh, great easy stuff uh, yep. because, you know, this weekend people are going to be out doing all kinds of things out of doors. So yes. you don't have a whole lot of time to cook. Yep. Who wants to? Right. Uh, so you can uh, whip these up in a flash. We start with the cheeseburger biscuit bake. Yeah, this is really good. So uh, one tub of your, or uh, one tube of your buttermilk biscuits, refrigerated biscuits, mm-hmm. uh, one pound of ground beef, uh, one small onion diced, a one eight ounce can of tomato paste, a quarter cup of ketchup, one tablespoon sugar, two cups shredded cheese, salt and pepper to taste, 
two tablespoons of melted butter, garlic salt, and dry pa- uh, dry parsley if you want it for a garnishment. Yeah. I mean, don't have to have that. Right. So uh, in a large skillet over medium-high heat, brown your ground beef with your onion, uh, drain and return to the skillet, add your tomato sauce, uh, your ketchup, your salt and pepper, and uh, all that to the skillet. Mix it, bring it to a simmer over medium-high heat, reduce the heat, continue to simmer for about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Pour the ground beef mixture into a baking dish, top with one cup of shredded cheese. Uh, Open your biscuit uh, package and place the biscuits on top of the beef mixture. Brush with your melted butter on top of the biscuits, and then you can put your... um, your uh, garlic salt and your dried parsley, sprinkle that on if you want. Okay. Don't have to. Uh, bake uh, in a 350-degree oven for about 12 to 15 minutes until the biscuits are golden brown and you're done. So the biscuits go on top Correct. of the – because if you tried to do it the other way, it wouldn't work so Correct. well. Um, right. So when they come out, it's kind of upside-down mm-hmm. cheeseburger biscuits. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cheeseburger biscuit bake. Also, uh, to go along with that, air fryer fried pickles. Yes. And I know you love uh, your fried, uh, pickles. fried pickles. So, <laughs> so 16 ounce of your bread and butter pickles or dill pickles, whichever one you want. Uh, a half a cup of all-purpose flour, a half a cup of panko uh, breadcrumbs, one egg, one and a half teaspoons of garlic salt, a half a teaspoon of black pepper, and a half a teaspoon of paprika. You know, you have used, I think, in the past, the Tony Paco's pickles. Yes. Those would make great. Yes. That, that would be perfect for mm-hmm. this. So. Just yes. to, not to get a Love plug in there. Tony we're, not, Paco we're not getting paid by Tony Pacos to no, <laughs> promote this, but they're, theirs, really, but, really, but they're good. really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so drain and dry your pickled chips on a few paper towels. Uh, dry as best as, as best as possible because that helps the flour and the panko stick. Gotcha. So, okay. To, so then add. Um, the garlic salt, the black pepper, and the paprika to the flour bowl and mix in a separate bowl. Beat the egg in a third bowl, then you'll have your uh, breadcrumbs. So dredge the pickles in the flour mixture, then into the egg, and then lastly into the panko bread breadcrumbs. Um, then spray the air fryer with cooking spray. So the your um, like little basket or whatever you have mm-hmm. uh, for your air fryer, depending on what type of air fryer you have, spray that first. Okay. Then put your pickles in, and then spray your pickles. Okay. Okay, because that'll kind of give you your deep fried type. I got gotcha. you. Feeling okay. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. So then, um, don't let them overlap. And then air fry at 375 degrees for about five to seven minutes and then serve with your favorite dipping sauce. So the secret is to spray right. not just the basket, but the, the pickles yeah. themselves yes. to give it that air fried yep. or to give it that deep fried taste, mm-hmm. even though it's in the air fryer. Correct. So yes. there you go. Yes. That's the secret. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> and uh, I would imagine for a lot of stuff that you would deep fry normally that you're doing in the air fryer, that would be a good hack Mm -hmm. for, I mean, if you were deep frying, you know, chicken nuggets or Mm -hmm. something, you wanted them, you know, that deep fried type of When you do, like what I do, 
the French fries. I love waffle fries. Yeah. So when I do the waffle fries in, in our the air, air fryer, fryer you sp- I spray. I spray so that it them. gets that mm-hmm. uh, deep fried type taste. Yep. Okay, so good uh, kitchen hack there. Yes. A uh, little bonus tip for you from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. And then for dessert, we have a chocolate cream pie. One of my favorites. I made this for uh, Easter. So a half a cup of cocoa, a quarter cup of cornstarch, three egg yolks, one cup sugar, a quarter teaspoon of salt, uh, two cups of milk, one teaspoon of vanilla, and your pre-baked pie shell or your homemade pie, uh, pie shell if you're really good at that. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so mix your cocoa, your cornstarch, and your egg yolks, then sugar and salt, and then add your milk gradually while stirring in a pot over medium-high heat on your stovetop. So you're going to just gradually right. add all of those in Correct. as and, you and then your milk. heat that. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Cook until thick, whisk until and use a whisk. You want to use a whisk. When so you're this. when you're when you're cooking this, because if okay. you don't use a whisk, uh, if you use a, I kind of a little bit started using my rubber spatula, and it started getting lumpy. So you just want to okay. keep using your whisk until the end. Okay. Okay. So put down and, that spoon. Yes. Yes. Grab a whisk or that rubber spatula. Use yeah. the rubber spatula at the end. So okay. So take the pan off the heat, add your vanilla, pour into your pre-baked pie shell, put in the fridge to chill, and then whipped cream to with it to serve if mm. you want. Man, that is uh, that is it's good really stuff. good. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, so yummy. So the uh, cheeseburger biscuit bake, the air fryer fried pickles, and the chocolate cream pie. Yes, uh, recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning, and we have those. Posted at the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. So be sure to like Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. Um, It's also, uh, we've got it uh, shared on the WFIN Facebook page. So you can find it there. And, of course, it's linked up at goodmornings.net. So all kinds of ways to get uh, the recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. And as we always say, if uh, you have a question, if you have a recipe that you would like to share, if you have a recipe that you've been looking for, a request, you can uh, message Kyra or post on the uh, Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. um, And we will be more than happy to take care of that. Yes. So, going social. Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at (laughs) Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today and put a wrap on another week. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up on Monday, the Federal Reserve now says get ready for more aggressive interest rate hikes to curb inflation. No one likes it when prices go up on the things we buy, but the real danger is more far-reaching than just that. A conversation on monetary policy with the co-author of Inflation, what it is, why it's bad, and how to fix it. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week. 